Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go. It's the panel portion of the program. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. Joining us in the studio, Kevin Gadet, president of Bright Point Strategy, formerly with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Good afternoon, Kevin. Happy New Year, Johnny. A lovely new year for talk radio. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Alyssa Freeman's with us, PR and pop culture media expert. How's Alyssa? No belated happy new year to you, John. Doing just fine, thank you. <laughs> and to you and Yorn. Uh, Andrew Cash is back with us, a former NDPMP for Davenport, co-founder of the Urban Worker Project. How's Andrew? I'm great. You are resplendent in your orange. <laughs> There's no mistaking. You're wearing the I just team colors. You may want to look at well, some orange. <laughs> right. Case, case I lost a sense of who's representing what political stripe here. You've done a cadet sort of a washed out blue. What does that say? It matches my eyes, man. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm gray somewhere in the middle. You are. All right. Well, listen, uh, there was uh, no middle ground being struck by the vice president of General Motors. Had him on. In the last half hour, uh, David Patterson, in response to what Jerry Diaz was hoping to uh, convince the folks at GM headquarters in Detroit earlier this afternoon. Jerry, of course, the head of Unifor, who's going to join us after the 6 o'clock news to explain how this all went down. But from Patterson's point of view for the company, uh, didn't seem to be any type of conciliatory note struck insofar as saving the company, although he did offer up some goodies. And uh, really, I want to give you a sense for where Mr. Patterson was coming from uh, about 30 minutes ago. What we responded to today was a whole variety of different uh, suggestions that were made by Mr. Diaz, we have great respect for him, but if the proposals don't economically wash, it's not something that you can really proceed with. We would love to fill that plant with electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles. We just don't have an available new product to be able to put in that plant. And when you do put a product in a plant, it costs an investment of somewhere between half a billion and a billion dollars, and it takes about a year of planning to do that. All right. So in other words, uh, reconfiguring the plant to build autonomous or electric vehicles, not negotiable. It's a done deal. They're moving on, but they're offering up a number of things, they say, as part of the transition, a significant lump sum retirement incentive payment, $20,000 car voucher for a retirement-eligible production employee, uh, health care coverage continues, uh, a lump sum payment to assist their transition to new employment. They've got about 20 large employers, they say, in and around the GTA, who would offer up to 5,000 jobs, he said, uh, and other general benefits under the contract and the agreement uh, as it exists with Unifor. But otherwise, this is a done deal, and they're moving on. Uh, Alyssa, what do you make of it? Well, first of all, I have to say that this, uh, the spokesperson was excellent. And from my perspective, when I media train such people, you know, you hope that they have all the stats at hand and that they are empathetic and that they are informative and that they are believable. So I would say check, check, check. And especially if I was preparing somebody to talk to you, John, and I would say that this is somebody who doesn't pull punches and knows his, his stuff inside out, you better be prepared. So when I was listening to this coming along the gardener, I thought, you know, 
I found him believable, and I found that they were giving a very generous offer from what he was saying to the workers and that they were helping with transition and that he certainly had facts that supported the fact that there would be transitional jobs and that there were employers waiting to, to hire these people. Some training would be would be uh, available. So I, I think that the way that they're positioning them th- themselves and also in answering Diaz's questions as to whether or not they could retrofit the plant made a lot of sense to me. All right. Uh, well, Andrew Cash, let me turn to you as a co-founder of the Urban Worker Project and a former NDP member. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many, you know, who uh, obviously share a similar mindset there in the union ranks. Uh Alyssa was just saying that the company guy was pretty impressive, and it sounds like he's about to make them whole. How do you see it? Well, well, I, you know, first of all, this isn't about the, you know, how savvy the vice president of GM is when he gets on a radio program. This is about a community that is in crisis, frankly, at this point. You know, it's also interesting that uh, the, you know, an executive of one company can vouch for five other employers in the region who apparently say they're going to employ 5,000 people. He said 20. Well, 20,000. You know, we would really need to see what that actually meant. But, you know, nothing can really, um, uh, nothing can really hide the fact that after Canadian taxpayers have helped General Motors in serious times of crises, they are moving to Mexico. That is not up for debate. And that is something that all Canadians need to really take seriously. We, you know, we spend our money to keep these companies afloat. And there is, you know, something about corporate responsibility and a commitment to the community, which notwithstanding the slick performance of uh, the VP of GM, uh, I think it's lacking. Okay, well, and on that point, Kevin, let me turn to you because Unifor has put out a tweet saying if GM expects Canadian consumers to remain loyal to GM, they need to be loyal to GM Canada workers and keep building vehicles in Oshawa. Are they wrong? Well, I think consumers are going to make a decision for themselves about uh, whether or not they choose to buy uh, certain products, including automobiles, uh, based on the geography of production of that automobile. Uh, GM pointed out that they've got some other 23,000 employees across Canada. Um, uh, speaking for myself, I buy the best uh, car I can get for the best value, and, and I don't choose, speaking for myself, N equals one here. I, I, I don't really care. My first choice isn't where it was made. I'm not a made-in-Canada production thing. My, my, my iPhone sitting here isn't made in Canada, and yet we choose to buy those. It strikes me as slightly arbitrary. And I'm sympathetic to what Mr. Cash has to say regarding regarding the, the, the down payments of $10 billion or whatever the massive number was by the federal government. But I would, I, when I was at the Taxpayer Federation, I would have said then that uh, big labor and big government colluded for decades to overpay uh, money to corporations and workers in, in non-sustainable ways. And, and the rubber's hitting the road today. Chicken's coming home to roost where too many people made poor decisions over the years. And these are the consequences, and it's unfortunate. All right, and so uh, if the company shutters the doors and uh, everything goes, I mean, uh, are you satisfied that at least, you know, they're trying to ameliorate the situation to the best of their abilities? Alyssa felt that the guy was spot on, Andrew well, not so much. Well, Go ahead, Andrew. No, well, you know, GM came to the federal government. By the way, it's interesting to say that big labor and big government conspired to, you know, 
siphon off tons of taxpayer money to big corporations as if the corporations are saying, no, please don't give us that money, please. But GM came to the federal government at a moment of crisis and said, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to ditch thousands of jobs here if you don't come to the table with money. The government did come to the table. And they left anyway. And that is the issue here, that they still left, notwithstanding the billions of dollars. Well, you're sort of on the same page as Kevin Gaudetti. He never would have given the money in the first place. Am I reading you right? Oh, I was very, you know, go back in time and and dig up what I had to say at the Canadian tax. But my my position was not ambiguous about that they should not have been bailed out. Uh, But but I think that's water under the bridge and we we can get into a whole bunch of theoreticals. Uh, and we can argue about corporate welfare. What yeah. matters today is there are a few thousand workers in play, and it sounded to me, I'm not privy to the details of the contract uh, that they had in play, but sounds to me like the package on the table now is fairly generous, all things considered, and what we're trying to look at now is the best situation for looking after the families of the workers who are in play today. But and what- I think, just a second, Andrew, and I think that, and I hear what you're saying, Andrew, that, you know, are we going to believe, you know, the VP... Uh, of GM and, and what By he way, says. By the way, I thought he did a great job. Too. He did a great, and so the so the the problem, perhaps from your perspective of him doing a great job, is that I'm sitting there in the car and I'm thinking, okay, they're going to get a pension of three to four thousand a month. They're going to get a car voucher of twenty thousand dollars. They're going to get a a lump sum payout of fifty thousand dollars. You know, I have to say, when in these type of situations, it's he who he or she who wins the messaging wars sort of wins. So while we may feel for the the workers, you know, when you listen to this sort of messaging and the first one out of the gate and the one and the one whose message that carries, then that's the one that will take the overriding public sentiment. So it it's it's you know, you really have to have a better messaging strategy. And so when you tweet that Canadians aren't going to buy GM cars that aren't made in Canada, I agree with Kevin. I mean, I mean that is a weak message. I don't think that that is uh, pervasive at all. And I just thought that that was a bit of a hail mary tweet. You know, above and beyond what we're talking about here, there's another element to this which I think is very disturbing, which is that you know our governments make these deals with major corporations and seem powerless when at least the the spirit of the deals. Uh, get uh, get abrogated, if not the actual deals themselves. Well, should the government be in the business of picking winners and losers? Well, look, you, you know, that's a big conversation. I think that what what governments should do is look for the ways to help the most, uh, the you know, the largest amount of people. And and the fact that you know, notwithstanding whatever deal was made at the time in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, you know, it didn't seem to matter. Were there guarantees that they would stay and for how long? Well, yeah, it was a very short window. Mm. And I would argue that uh, our government uh, of that day didn't make the best deal. So, I, think, I think, sorry, John, I think that, they may, you know, they make these deals with a very short window indeed. So I don't know what was in that contract. But, you know, when you're making a deal and there's lots of people who are affected, I think you sort of see what's right in front of you. And if that's what they need to do in order to keep off the front pages in, in, vis-a-vis bad news, then I think that's what they're going to but do. But I think the anticipation of jobs for life... Uh, 
probably runs counter to the prevailing mindset in the court of public opinion. Uh, so uh, that's a dog that ain't going to hunt anymore, and maybe that's why this guy knows uh, he's going to be, at least with his generous offer, uh, on the winning side of the equation. There was another story I wanted to get to, though, that has to do with the case uh, before the court of public opinion, and it has to do, obviously, uh, well, with climate change, but there's been uh, a blockade that's been removed out west and uh, protests all across the country, in fact, in the states as well. But earlier today in downtown Toronto, uh, outside the Supreme Court in Vancouver, out there in B.C., that's sort of ground zero. I want to come back and touch on that, see uh, who's on the right side of this equation in a moment with our panel, Kevin Gadetta, Alyssa Freeman, and Andrew Cash on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're really uh, investing in Canada. We're, we're not going anywhere. We still have our Cami plant that produces the Chevrolet Equinox. We still have our St. Catharines plant. We're going to continue to build where we sell. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.